Welcome to Idaho Catholic Podcast. This is Deacon Pat coming to you from western, beautiful western Idaho. Uh, this is The sun has just gone down. It's dark outside. We had a beautiful day today. It was nice and clear, and it's starting to cool off a little bit. It's been a little while since we've been together, and we have um, actually one from our old crew back, and Mike here is here with us tonight. And then we have two new people I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks that are here that uh, we're going to have them introduce themselves. But before we get there, uh, Mike, tell us a little bit what's been going on with you for the last couple of months. The only thing I can remember right now about what's happened in the last couple of months is that we had a new baby. <laughs> and anyone out there who has kids can, rec- can can relate to the fact that the baby just kind of takes over your life. You know, as, as my wife has gotten more and more pregnant, um, you know, needing extra help here and there. Um, and then if the baby comes and like you had just had this, this time in your life where everything revolves around that little child. So she was born August 28th, which is the same birthday as our, uh, her, her older sister. So that's kind of cool. They're both born on the same day. And we had something really cool happen where the, this, this string of, I almost said coincidences, but I really feel like it was a divine appointment where um, the bishop, uh, Bishop Christensen, got to got to baptize her. It was it was a beautiful service. I was there. So, yeah, that was, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. Um, so so I heard a little bit about this. So tell me how how did that come to be? What did you do to be able to get the bishop to baptize your baby? Well, I. I thought it would be cool. Like a, cu- a couple of weeks before, uh, you know, I, I'm a big believer. My wife, my, my wife and I, I wish we would do this more often than in the church. My wife and I are big believers of having baby baptisms right during Sunday morning mass so everyone can experience it. You know, And I think a lot of priests, maybe they don't do it because they're afraid that mass might be five, 10 minutes longer. I don't know. But I just think it's something that should be celebrated right during Sunday mass. And I, I, it makes me sad that that more people don't do it. But anyways, so it was, I happened to be lecturing on, on Saturday night, and usually when, I, when, I, when they put me on the schedule for Saturday night, my, I just go with my, my, the whole family that, that next Sunday morning. So I was there by myself, and I lectured, and then after, it just so happened to be that the bishop was there because our pastor was on vacation, um, well-deserved vacation, I might say, and so I just kind of, you know, the bishop and I had been talking before Mass and waiting for Mass to begin, and afterwards I was like, you know, I'm just going to ask him. I said, you're going to be here? So I said, you know, I know this is a long shot, Bishop, <laughs> your, your, your Excellency is what I say, dress him appropriately. And I said, you know, tomorrow morning, would you be willing to baptize my three-week-old daughter? And he said, yes. And I was like, yes. And I said, well, how do we arrange this? And he said, well, see, see over there and ask Deacon Carey. He's standing right there. So I went over to Deacon Carey, and you know, I, I didn't want to ask him because I already got permission from the bishop. So I just knew, hey, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just, doing this. I'm just the middleman here. I'm just the messenger. And I said, Deacon Carey, uh, you know, the bishop said that, that you need to get everything ready for Teresa Rose to be baptized tomorrow morning. And he kind of had this, this about a half a second deer in the headlights look like what 
and and then he's like, oh yeah, we can do that. <laughs> you you know so. you know how he did that is uh, he got his phone out and he texted me and he said, <laughs> you need to get everything ready for the baptism tomorrow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he did, honestly. So thank you, Deacon Pat. Thank you, Deacon Pat. Oh, it was my pleasure. My pleasure. Glad to give you credit on the air here. Oh, good, good. <laughs> Actually, it was wonderful. And um, hey, so um, thank you for sharing that. Um, it's a great addition to your family, and I love seeing your your family at Mash. And I actually like serving with your kids. They do they do a wonderful job up there. Yeah. So real quick, um, but yeah, all four of my boys were altar serving that day. Just happened to be on the schedule that day. And then in addition, in addition to that, the gospel reading was about the the mute and deaf man um, being healed by Jesus, and that just happens to coincide with the baptismal rite prayers. Oh, that was how he did that. The, the blessing yeah. of, the, of the ears and the mouth. I just, it and, was a divine appointment. Yeah. You know. I thought it was pretty special. Yeah. yeah. Um, and actually your kids um, who were serving, they, they came up to me right before mass and they said, my parents said they really want me to be down there around the, the baptismal font. So uh-huh. how do we do that? And, and they did. I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah, the whole family was right there. Perfect, perfect. Okay, guys, so we have two more guys, and they're a new addition to the Idaho Catholic Podcast, and I was uh, hoping that they could introduce themselves and say a little bit about themselves. Um, As we share these weekly podcasts with you, um, you get to know a little bit about our thoughts and our personalities, um, but sometimes you don't know who these people actually are, and so you know I'm Deacon Pat, and you know that Mike is uh, here with us, and he just spoke to you, and but here we have two new people. How about we start first with John? You want to introduce yourself, and then we'll go over to Nick. Sure. Um, my name is John. I'm a relatively new Catholic. I came into the church uh, February of 2016. I'm married and have uh, two sons. And uh, anyway, it's uh, it's been a wonderful, um, crazy experience coming into the church. Definitely a, a journey with... Uh, many more ups than downs we'll put it that way um just so happy to be uh involved in the church and coming in and uh just day after day is like one blessing after another i mean it's just just been incredible um but happy to be here and thank you for inviting me and and uh love to hear what mike has to say (laughs) hey and and you're active in the church What, what are you doing in the church right now john well um it took a little bit for me to come through the RCIA process, um, just how things kind of shake out in, in the works. So I, I went through uh, two sessions of RCIA, um, and I, I'm really happy that I did that. So it, that's two years of <laughs> going through that, plus the downtime in, in between. But uh, that process was... Uh, uh, just an incredibly changing experience and, and growth uh, opportunity for me. And um, uh, I just really felt called that I needed to continue, um, not only in learning, but but also proclaiming what, what I'd experienced, what I'd come from, um, uh, all the things that I learned, and, uh, and sharing kind of that aspect of of being out there in the world versus coming in and uh, um, the you know share that with others uh, really trying to trying to promote the faith as much as I can promote understanding 
I was trying to think about when when I first met you, and I wasn't sure if it was through church or if it was through the Men in Motion retreats or it was through the adult catechesis program. I'm not sure where we actually crossed paths. And Mike, where, when did you meet uh, John? Well, I know we met at adult ministry three years ago. I think that mm-hmm. was the first time that, so at, right after after mass, we have, on Sunday morning, we have uh, religious, religious education, and typically it's just for the kids receiving sacraments, but at our parish, we do it for the entire family. So there's also not only a place to, for all the kids to go and learn, but a class for the adults. And, and I, that started three years ago. I think that's where mm-hmm. we met. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so before we get uh, into meeting who Nick is and what Nick's all about, I have a quick question for you guys. So we were trying something new tonight, or maybe I was trying it, but I'm sharing it with you guys. So I bought these little kits, and they have these whiskey glasses, and they have these whiskey stones. And I guess the concept behind it is you take these stones and you wash them, and then you put them in your freezer, and you freeze these, these stones. And then when you pour your whiskey, instead of putting ice in there, you put these stones in there. I've never tried this before, so I shared it with the guys tonight. And, okay, what do you think? What do you think about, okay, first of all, the stones, and what do you think about the whiskey uh, Tullamore Dew? What do you think? Well, I can I, tell you what, the uh, for my part, the whiskey stones, um, they're a little hard on the teeth. <laughs> so I, I like to chew on the yeah. ice. So Like at the very, uh, the last, that last sip, they all come tumbling down like a... Tink! You know, like, we all oh, have chicken front teeth. With it, yeah. all right. <laughs> I like that. So, I like yeah. that. Um, Mike, what do you think? What do you think so far? Well, I, you know, when we talked about this, I don't know, some other time, there were some folks there, and they, one guy said that he didn't like them because it it uh, changes the flavor of the of the whiskey. And unfortunately, I'm at a disadvantage here because I was so my mind is acutely aware of that, right? Because okay. I'm thinking that's that was a negative comment, so it's sticking with me, but. <laughs> I've never tasted two of them more do before, so I have no idea. But it tastes fantastic, really smooth. I, you know, Jameson. If if you like Jameson, I think this compares to Jameson, and I, I actually think I like it a little bit better. But it's been a while since I've had it, so. Okay. Um, okay. But I, I think they're a winner because they don't dilute the whiskey, like ice would, keeps it cold, and besides that last sip, like like uh, you know the. The Coke bottle where you have the ice in it, you know, your fountain drink, and it tumbles it's towards your it's wa- oh. towards your your face, the, the <laughs> wall of ice, you know. Maybe I just have too many in mind. Maybe I would say go with three instead of four. Instead of four, so you don't have that one that's going to tip and fall on you. That's true. That's true. So there you go. That, I solved my own problem. Okay, good, good. <laughs> I like them so far. Anyway, all right, Nick, we've saved you for the last. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, my name is Nick, and I've been a uh, cradle Catholic uh, going on uh, 32 years now, so that's awesome. And wow. got married and uh, two kids, four-year-old boy, nearly two-year-old girl, and i got to thank Mike for twisting my arm enough to come out and do some things with the church, actually, instead of just sitting back and, and watching things pass by. So, so yeah. So you're doing something special this year. You know, John's doing this as well, but um, but you're doing something special in regards to really teaching the faith and leading people this year. What What is it? Can you describe that to us? Yeah, it's, it's what Mike mentioned earlier, our, our adult education, adult version of the um, 
our catechesis and um it's a great thing that I, I think uh, this is the first parish that I've experienced doing it, and it's been an, a wonderful thing for our family as far as uh, getting to know other people in the parish and, and getting to know your faith deeper. Um, but yeah, we've got a group of guys who are taking turns, kind of teaching different topics to, to the people who show up, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, you know what? I was thinking about this the other night, and um, so we have this adult catechesis program. So after the 9 o'clock Mass on Sundays, um, we, we finish mass, people are dismissed, and then the adults can go and gather for this adult catechesis program. And we have all these really kind of just wonderful topics, but think about the leaders. Who are the leaders of this program? We actually have five guys that are taking turns each week. Um, each guy is taking a different topic, but look at, look at the guys. When you think about really who are the leaders of the church and how a lot of a lot of parishes are struggling to get like younger men or men involved with being leaders in the church we have this program where we have five guys and you guys are younger guys i'll have to exclude myself on that but you guys are younger guys that are taking a really active role even though you have kids and you have this family um you must feel drawn to to kind of spread this faith or or to be pulled into this and and i just think it's a wonderful thing for our parish to have this as well so um so great it's nice to have all you guys here um we were talking a little bit about the show i gotta let you know we we how long did we like really meet how many sessions did we have to meet to kind of plan what this first uh topic was going to be and how many hours did we put into uh planning this first show you guys what do you think well, if you take your thumb and your index finger and you touch them together, <laughs> it makes this thing looks like a zero. <laughs> it's true. You know, we had we had big uh, plans and big thoughts about our first show of reuniting again with this new crew, and and John actually mailed us a whole bunch of topics, and they were great topics. And, um, and we picked none of them. And we picked none. <laughs> we, actually, we actually put no thought into the show. <laughs> but actually, we thought it would be most of an introduction and, and, and for you guys to get to know a little bit about um, some of our newer members and what we've been doing over the summertime. John, John you had mentioned a little bit while ago, um, we haven't really had a group of podcast for about three months or so. And um, so what's really happened over the summer for like men in this area? You've been involved with some things. You want to share a little bit about what the men have been doing? Oh, sure. Um, well, I think right away, um, well, there's, first of all, there's the um, Catholic Men's Conference. That's right at the beginning of the year. So I attended that last year. I think um, others in the group did too. Yeah, I did yeah, too. As well. Yeah, January, right? Yeah, at least Janu- January or February. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's coming up here pretty soon. I'm excited for that. But then uh, also we uh, had a Men in Motion retreat that you led in June. Um, and then uh, our family attended the Idaho, Cat- Idaho Family uh, Summer Camp. Now, um, now, Mike did that as well, right, yeah. this year? Nick, yeah. have, you, have you ever gone to that? There? I haven't, no. Okay. Oh, you got to go. So, guys. Um, it's like my I, fifth year going. So, I've been there a couple of times, and um, there's something really special about it. You guys want to maybe elaborate a little bit about wh- what is the Idaho Catholic Family Camp all about, and what are some of the, you know, some of the things that stand out about that experience there? What do you guys think? You want to go first? Okay. <laughs> you, could, you could always roll a whiskey stone and no, no, there's no numbers on there. 
No, I, I think uh, um, it's something that I experienced uh, the couple times that I've been in the Men in, in Motion retreats that uh, looking back on it is, is really telling. I, I remember this summer remarking to uh, a group of us that, uh, you know, it's really neat for all us guys to get together and kind of commune and get to know one another um, and, and uh, you know, kind of share the faith. But let's, uh, let's really look at the reasons why we're here. You know, we're, we're here for all the right reasons. You know, we're here to, uh, to deepen our faith and to really make Jesus the center of our lives. And I, I think the, uh, the Idaho Family Camp is, is definitely uh, an extension of that and includes the whole family. So that was, everybody was there for that same reason, all, uh, all to celebrate uh, you know, our love and, and centering of Jesus in our lives, people that are committed to that same value. Um, you know, from all across the uh, the Northwest, um, many different states were there. I think there were somewhere 350 individuals, I believe it was, and like 50 or 60 families, something like that. So it was just, uh, you know, being together with that that large a group, all for the one reason, was super rewarding for me and and for my family. But I also know it was uh, super rewarding for the the priests as well. Mm -hmm, yeah. um, they they commented on that also that uh, uh, take for instance like going to mass and the fervor that we were celebrating the mass you know they uh, really setting off all the bells and whistles for them that that we yeah, yeah. I, I remember when when uh, I think it was Father Justin he was saying so I want to you know I see a lot of people come up for mass there's mass every day so the the second time we had mass uh, Father Justin was like so I just want to remind everyone you know you are I know we're camping, but you are receiving Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. So please wash your hands for crying out loud, you know? <laughs> and then after that, he redeemed it by saying, you know, but I wanted to also want to say, this is the most reverent group of people um, yeah. that I've ever um, celebrated Mass with, or something mm -hmm. to that yeah, effect. I, you know? I believe it was really emotional for, for the priests. Uh, I definitely saw re emotional reaction from them, uh, especially the last mass that we celebrated together. Um, so for them, it was a, a, a huge takeaway. Um, so for our, our priests and our religious, you know, if you have the opportunity to go, gosh, I mean, what a what a great uh, experience for you to to appreciate it from that aspect. But then, you know, as as laity, as family, to um, bring your family into um, experience that is just it's really rewarding um so yeah we're definitely going to go next year yeah i i wasn't i wasn't able to go this year but last year i went and i had really this surreal kind of experience there um i can't remember who the nuns are um mike i don't know if you remember or if john if you know there's usually a couple of groups of nuns but there was there one group that came from like was it nashville the nashville dominicans i think were there last year well, anyway there was this very really young uh nun and um gosh she had to be in her in like mid-20s or so aren't they out of spokane 
No, not that's the other group. These are the Nashville Dominicans, I think. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, anyway, there's a a real young nun there, and um, she just looked like somebody that would be like a college kid or whatever. And and I think she lives in the city in Nashville, and she doesn't get out of the city very much. Well, anyway, she was at this Idaho family camp, and this... The Idaho family camp is in the middle of nowhere. It's like, you know, it's it's really in this rural area. Well, anyway, we talked we talked about um, on one particular day, we were going to get a bunch of people from the camp and we were going to go on a hike. And I think it's called, is it Blue Lake? Blue Lake, yeah. The Blue Lake hike. And um, it's a very short hike, but you drive to it and then you get out of your car and then you, you walk down. It's really steep. Is it about a mile? I think the whole hike is about a mile and a half down and then a mile and a half up. But anyway, you walk down about a mile and a half and on your way down, um, you go through these, this, these, these pastures of all these beautiful wildflowers. And so here I am in the middle of nowhere because our group is kind of spread out. And I'm with this young nun in her full habit, in her tennis shoes. <laughs> and we're walking through this field of just beautiful wildflowers. And I could only think of what's the mu- that, that that very popular uh, movie? Was it The Sound of Music? Sound or right. And that's who I'm, that's who I'm with that's walking so through this. It was, it was so surreal. And the whole time she just kept saying, thank you, thank you for bringing me down here. I can't believe that I'm doing this. And it was just like the the simplicity and the purity of this young nun just enjoying that she's walking through a field of wildflowers. It was just, yeah. it was, I carry it to this day, and it's been a couple of years, you know, that experience. So, yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, but so the hike, it is uphill on the way back, but you've lost so much blood from all the mosquitoes <laughs> that you're actually lighter, so you don't really, you know, so, la- so last year, when, no, so I didn't go this this last year, but the year before, we went with a bunch of bunch of kids, and and they were um, and adults, and they went ahead of us. But when we get there, you you get down to this part right right by the lake, and they have these huge rocks, and there's this ledge, and and so it was warm that day. So I remember us taking our shirts off and our shoes and our socks, and we were cliff jumping into this lake, yeah. and it was it was just great. It was great. So. Um, so we spoke a lot tonight. We got to get Nick in here talking a little bit. So, um, so Nick, it's uh, it's September now, mm-hmm. and so what what have you guys been doing for the last couple of months? Did you guys do anything special over the summer? Did you have any projects you were doing? Doing anything special with your kids? Doing anything special with work? What what's been kind of filling your life for the last couple of months? Uh, well, it's been a, a big transition at work. I have a new boss, so we're kind of working through all the figurings out. Uh, as far as that goes and learning how to please the new guy and do what he wants and um, <clears throat> but but it's a it'll be a good thing in the end I think it's a new opportunity clean slate and yeah. uh, a chance to do some cool things but uh, for our family yeah we had wait wait so Nick yeah. before you move on though what, what do you do because you have a really cool job uh, uh, it's kind of cool what is this i'm a college track and field coach and i I definitely love what i do i'm blessed to be able to do that not not a lot of people get to call that their profession so it's good how how long have you been doing that for i have nine years now nine years i've been a college coach you look way too young to be doing that nine years (laughs) (laughs) how how did you get involved with like being a coach or track and field how how were you drawn to that well i was uh I wanted to do football in college, like most young boys do, but um, that didn't really work out for a variety of reasons. One, I wasn't all that fast, and uh, <laughs> and uh, 
Two, the team atmosphere at the place that I landed just wasn't that great, so I didn't really continue with it, but I found track and field. I, I had loved track and field in high school, so it wasn't like a weird transition. I just found the track coach and said, let's do it, and um, loved my experience in college, and when I was done with college, as far as my undergrad goes, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And so it was kind of a soul-searching time, and went to my coach, who's a fellow Catholic and uh, a friend, and just like well, what do I do I don't know what I want to do and he was like well you can coach these guys while you get your master's degree for free and I was like sounds like a plan let's do it <laughs> and, and where, where was that at that was at Central Washington University so wh where are you from are you from uh, Idaho? I'm, I'm from I'm from Washington no I okay. grew up in Zilla Washington south of south of Yakima oh, okay so, um, yeah but, but yeah I was I was actually looking at chiropractic school physical therapy school uh, didn't really uh, see any of those as being a good option or a great option for me and fell in love with coaching in the meantime. So when I got my master's, I was lucky enough to get a position um, in Billings, Montana State University Billings for four years um, and then came here after that. Wow. So so track and field. So, so did you mention it? Do you have a specialty with track and field that you uh, kind coach? of? I'm pretty broad. I, I've I've coached nearly every event outside of distance events, um, but my, my specialty areas are the jumps and multis. Oh, that's wonderful. Multis? Combined events, decathlon, heptathlon. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that what you're training for, Mike, right now? I'm training to break fingers, I guess, because that's what I do best. <laughs> hey, so, so tell us about that. Mike walks in the door today and he says, hey guys, how you doing? And, uh, and, he, and he holds up this hand. People and, don't want to hear about this. <laughs> I, I want to hear so about it <laughs> if they're still listening out there at this point <laughs> it's really embarrassing I was how did you do it I, I need to know well, that and what did you do and was, how did you I do it really, I was really I was I was pretty grumpy I was just I didn't punch anything but I, I was <laughs> I was just really mad it was just a long day and ta taxing few months and I, I was just working hard and fast and being mad and gruff and jam my finger and my index finger. It's it's like a, the worst bat, you know, I'm so I'm 6'3". I played basketball all in junior high and high school and intramural and, and college. So I've had many jammed fingers from playing basketball. And this is like one of the worst ones I've ever had. So it's it's bad. I'm going hunting in a week and a half. So I'm like, great. It's your left hand. You're not left-handed. It's my left hand, so my trigger finger, I'm still okay with that because I'm right-handed. Hey, so a lot of people um, who listen to this podcast are not from Idaho, or they're not from Montana. They're not from Colorado. And describe a little bit about what happens when hunting season turns on in this state. <laughs> um, it, it really is something unique to the culture here. Do you, do you want to talk a little bit about what happens at hunting season time? It's nothing but fun, as far as I can tell. I, I imagine, though, for some companies, like, see, I work remote, so my, my team is in Arizona and uh, North Carolina, but I, I imagine for, like, people who work, like, in an office here, if they're, 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 like, vying, they're, like, you know, having arm wrestles or, like, maybe hurting each other over who gets to take vacation time around hunting season, mm -hmm. because it is, it is pretty popular here, and that's because we have so... So many great places to hunt here. Um, it's, you know, I, I do deer hunting mainly, but I really want to get into elk hunting. Um, it's 
you get a, you get a lot more bang for your buck, pun intended. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and you know, a deer you get what thirty five, maybe fifty pounds of meat. Well, no, at least I don't know, fifty pounds maybe, if if, uh, if you're careful with it, uh, on a whitetail. Um, with an elk though, you get a couple hundred or more. So it's definitely, but you know, some people say why not do both. Um, but, it, but but it's different hunting, right? Don't you have a different different, different yeah, kind there, of weapon, different kind of rifle, and there's all you can hunt with a muzzle loader. I've got yeah. a friend uh, at our parish actually that hunts with muzzle loader elk, and uh, but yeah, you can you can do archery, you can do rifle. Um, so I I always had a question because I'm a, I'm a fisherman. I'm not a I'm not a, a hunter really. Um, I hear these guys talk about how they go hunting and they go way into the wilderness and um, they hike for miles and miles and miles and then they finally uh, find you know find their kill or whatever shoot their kill and you got you got to hike that thing out of there don't you exactly yeah it that just doesn't sound attractive to me at all <laughs> that's why so many the people that do that they, they have they probably have a lot more I think they have a lot more success. Because they're going where most hunters won't go, where a lot of guys, they just get their four-wheelers and their ATVs, side-by-sides, whatever, and they just stick to the roads, right? They hunt off a road, you know. But the guys that go deep in the woods, that's where the elk are. They're down in the thick, in the ravines. And if you're willing to go down there, and, you know, as long as you have a good spot, right, you're going you're gonna to find something. Um uh, and that's kind of why I haven't gone. <laughs> you know, You're not the, the lazy, places, are you? The places I have gone here have been uh, uh, just—they're so crowded. You know, if you want to, if you want to, if you you want to get something, you got you got to hunt for elk. So I can't believe it. Our time is up, you guys. It's been 30 minutes already, and it's time to really uh, shut down this podcast. And I, I want to thank you guys for getting into those deep theological talks about <laughs> our Catholic faith tonight, you guys. I'm sure our listeners really enjoyed that, and they probably grew a lot in their knowledge of the Catholic faith. No, actually, I'm just kidding. Tonight was really just to introduce ourselves and to let you know that the uh, Idaho Catholic Podcast is back. And be ready for our weekly podcast and look forward to our topic next week. Mike has something really special he wants to share with you next week. So we'll see you then, and I hope you have a wonderful night. May God bless you. May God always keep you. And we ask in a very special way that God touches your heart, that he'll guide you, and that you'll grow slowly but progressively toward the person that God created you to be. God bless you, and good night.